Hi, everybody. A quick message before we begin today's podcast. We have just released a free mini training called How to Work with Labor Pain to Have a Positive Birth Experience. Stay tuned for the end of the episode for more information. Welcome to Living a Better Life podcast with your host, Madeline Golick. This is a weekly podcast exploring a variety of topics on how you can live a better life, not just physically, but in all aspects of what it means to be human living in a modern world. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not replace professional or medical advice. This podcast is sponsored by Ecophysiotherapy, where their mission is to educate, empower, and rehabilitate you back to health. Without further ado, please enjoy the show. Welcome back to our wonderful listeners to the show. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about thriving postpartum. And I have two wonderful guests today. We have Dr. Nicole Sandylands and Dr. Natalie McCullough. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us. I'm so excited to talk about this because a, you know, I have a saw, you know, I have a special place in my heart for, you know, moms to be and sure. postpartum and, you know, with the pandemic and everything, like life is really challenging. Like it's already challenging enough. Never mind all the new things going on. And I just want to like help people thrive during this period. And so I'm really excited to dive in today. Awesome. Couldn't agree more. I think uh, postpartum is a challenging time, but, you know, layer in a global pandemic and it's a little bit next level. So uh, I'm glad we could have this conversation today. Yeah. So I figure the best place for us to start would be like building context. Tell us about you and then we'll kind of dive in. Awesome. Sounds great. We are both uh, naturopathic doctors and we uh, practice together. Uh, We've had a clinic together for about nine years and um, our passion really is in fertility, pregnancy, and postpartum. It began with our own personal journeys um, through fertility challenges. And then what we've learned is having, I'm pregnant with my third, Natalie has a um, five month old baby at home. Uh, And what we've, what we've really witnessed over the last uh, couple of years being moms is just this, this, how women's health is, uh, challenge, I guess is the word, or just how women's health is not focused on postpartum. There's this huge shift that happens towards the baby's health. And we have seen 
um, in our practice, just women who are not as well supported as we'd like. And I think um, having navigated a pregnancy through a pandemic, both Natalie and I both have, uh, just how much more challenging it is right now for women. And so we really want to highlight this conversation and, um, and just bring light to what we can be doing to help support moms right now. Yeah, I couldn't agree. Couldn't agree more. It's it's uh, yeah. You and I had the pleasure of chatting, so I'm I'm very excited to like <laughs> dive deeper into you know the little tidbits we had chatted about. But uh, Natalie, do you want to tell us a little bit more about you? Yeah. So similar. I mean, we we both. I mean, we're twins. So shocking. We have uh, <laughs> similar interests and uh, similar uh, clinical focus. But um, yeah, I love to support women in their their fertility journey, their throughout their pregnancies, and then through their postpartum journey. Uh, our clinic is in Pickering, uh, but we're seeing women virtually all over the province now with with the uh, switch to virtual medicine. So. Um, yeah, we have a couple of docs in our practice and um, some manual therapists as well. So. Yeah, just uh, love helping women in this space. Excellent. And yeah, like the switch to virtual certainly has opened up, you know, opportunities and access mm-hmm. to care, perhaps that others may not have been able to access as easily, maybe in more rural areas totally. or, you know, people who are looking for more um, like special focus. Absolutely. You know, clinics yeah. um, that would have been like, well, I can't drive two and a half hours. Right. Totally. So, so virtual has been wonderful in that way. Yeah, I totally agree. So let's, let's start. Cause you mentioned, you know, all the focus goes on baby and like, of course we're not saying that's not important. So let's just say like, we're just gonna, Absolutely. we're just gonna state Absolutely. things as, as truthful. The baby's health is extremely important, especially in those early, in those early moments. But we mm-hmm. do want to recognize that there are some challenges in that early postpartum period for moms. Um, you know, are they, are we getting the thorough assessments? Like, are we getting looked at fully to ensure like we're also okay to therefore take care of the baby too. Right. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah. I I think this is an area where, um, like you mentioned, the shift really comes towards baby and, um, moms don't have that, as thorough of an assessment as I think they should have in those early postpartum days. Um, I'm a huge advocate for using lab work, for using uh, uh, quantitative data to really tell us what is going on with with your health. Um, There's some simple tests that can make a huge difference in how women are feeling. I know, know, even for myself personally, after my first, it was, I was exhausted. Like I was great for a couple of weeks and I was exhausted and I, I, I couldn't figure out why. And everybody was like, well, as soon as your baby sleeps through the night, you'll feel better. As soon as you're getting longer stretches of sleep, you'll feel better. And that time came and I didn't feel better. And it wasn't until I had this thorough assessment, I actually got lab work done to look at some really basic markers that I realized that it was my thyroid that was out of balance. And I was like, how they had, I wish I had done it months ago and I, I, I knew better. I should have right? But there's some really simple labs that we can be doing to assess women in those earlier days that might get masked with something else. It's interesting that you say that, uh, like sort of say like, it'll be okay when, mm-hmm. and I sort of find that like, we, we kind of nor like almost normalize, like it's normal for you to feel like this after a baby. It's mm-hmm. normal for you to X, Y, or Z, right? Like even in the pelvic health realm, right? Mm-hmm. It's normal that you don't have control of over your bladder, right? We sort of like normalize these things. And yes, I mean, they're very common, right? Yes. Like, so it's very common that moms are tired. It's very common that there's bladder issues. 
but that doesn't necessarily mean that we can't be doing something about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't also mean that there isn't a problem. Like your pelvic floor muscles are weak. That's kind of a problem. That's there's an easy solution, right? Right. If your energy is low, there's an easy solution. And I think it's this unique time for women, right? Like, especially when it's your first baby, you've never, you've never experienced this before. It's a totally new experience. So when it's being told to you that it's, you know, oh, it's normal. You, you, you kind of in your head go, okay, well, I've never gone through this before. So this must be, you know, how all new moms feel. And, you know, it's, it's a challenging time at the best of days, but I think, you know, if women had the support that they need and most women are um, cared for, for sort of that six weeks postpartum where, you know, they're, they're getting lots of checkups from their midwife or their OB. Um, and then sort of at that six week mark when, you know, we sort of discharge them and then they're on their own to go see their family physician or um, allied health professionals. Um, you know, it's kind of up to the mom to make sure that she's really sort of in the driver's seat there. Um, so maybe sometimes, especially now, maybe in the pandemic, sort of that access to care becomes a little bit more challenged. So maybe we just ignore things a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Until of course, you know, until it, be, because, you know, like what you're saying is like some blood work, right? It's not mm-hmm. like, it's like a, like a big, you know, sort of thing, like, go, you know, seeing a pelvic health physio is, you know, you got to make an appointment. Okay. So, but, but beyond that, like, you know, just doing these check-ins mm-hmm. just to see, you know, like, I just want to rule out, I just want to make sure things are moving in the right direction. I just want to know, like, if I could be doing anything more versus just sort of being told, okay, yeah, like this is a normal thing. And like, Therefore you just, what don't do any, like you just deal with it. You don't do Mm -hmm. anything about it when really there could be little things that could just make the transition easier. Yes. And I think it's about being proactive, right? Like so many women, I'm a huge advocate for uh, all of my, my uh, postpartum moms to see a pelvic floor physio. And I'm like, don't wait till you have a problem. Go early, go get assessed. Let's be proactive about this. And I would say the same thing about labs and postpartum assessments, like go do the work, be proactive. Let's not wait until these things come up. Let's make sure that we're doing things so that you can, you know, feel your best. And I'm not here to say that postpartum is an easy time. It's a challenging time, right? We're trying to help you thrive, um, but that may not look like it did pre-baby, right? But because it's challenging, let's be realistic. But I think we can at least try to set you up for success. For sure. Absolutely. Like, you know, any, any little bit like, well, really, what are we doing? We're, we're navigating a new normal. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And that means that we don't get to go back, right? Like the pandemic, we're all navigating this new normal. We don't, we're not able to get back as fast as we want to. Right. Which is mm-hmm. similar with postpartum. It's like, I want to get back to like the way it was, sure. um, but it's different, right? It's, going back is going to look different, mm-hmm. right? You can't really, really go back. Right. But like, mm-hmm. how do we move through this time period? How do we move through the challenge in a more, you know, healthy, feel good way versus just like, well, there's a pandemic, I guess, like, you know, mm-hmm. throw, sort of throw my hands up and like mm-hmm. sort of cope with it. Right. We, we could be having a much better experience by doing and different perspectives and things of that nature. Right. Absolutely. So you mentioned energy, right? Mm -hmm. Energy is a big, big challenge, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe, you know, the baby has a lot of needs, Mm -hmm. uh, sleep is disrupted, you know, hormones are, you know, doing things, you know, how do we, how do we maintain energy? Okay. It's kind of a two-prong question. (laughs) It's like, how do we maintain it? But like, how do we know 
if there's like a bigger problem, because Nicole, you were saying like, I was tired and they said, well, as soon as they sleep, you know, and, and then you realize, well, it's still not better. Right. Like how do we sort of, how do we navigate that? Mm-hmm. I think there's sort of two things worth looking at. And so there's some classic deficiencies that come up in pregnancy that we look at and we address that we don't always follow up postpartum. So a really common one for many women is iron, right? So, so many women are iron deficient in their pregnancy. Um, and then they have the baby and depending on how the baby comes out, there could be a lot of blood loss during that time. And it's not often being looked at. And one of the main symptoms of an iron deficiency is fatigue, right? So I think there's that looking at nutrient deficiencies. Um, B12 is another one. So again, circling back to labs. So getting your B12 levels looked at um, can be really, really important. Um, Looking at your vitamin D levels as well. So vitamin D, if it's low, there can be a host of symptoms. Fatigue can be one of them. And thyroid, like I mentioned. So those are kind of like my favorite assessment pieces to just make sure that those are being addressed, right? And then there's looking at, well, what could we be doing from a lifestyle perspective during the postpartum time, provided that these deficiencies are being addressed or that they're not present? What could we be doing to help? And I think this is a conversation about being very realistic about sleep patterns and sleep habits. Like I see a lot of moms where it's like, well, the baby goes to sleep, but then I've got like a million things to do. So I'm doing them all. And then, and then I finally hop into bed at like 11, but then they're up like an hour later. I'm like, well, let's, let's just, let's just take, you know, like stop doing so much. Let's slow down. And I think we live in a society that's so go, 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 that this doesn't stop when we become a mom. This doesn't stop. Um, when we have multiple children at home, in fact, sometimes it gets amplified or worse, but really educating women on, you know, leaning into rest, you know, not taking on everything themselves, you know, asking for help where they can, you know, doing the things to rest and recover can be so important for, you know, maintaining or helping your energy postpartum. Is this what we're calling super mom syndrome? <laughs> totally, totally. Like sort of comparing yourself to the women online and their Instagram feeds and that highlight reel, right? And uh, I think so many women are so quick to compare themselves to that unrealistic ideal that somebody has put online and that pressure that women put on themselves and moms put on themselves. Yeah, I, I, go ahead. I was just because I think this is amplified too in a pandemic, right? Like I think women don't have the, the, they're not having the mummy groups and the mummy dates where they can have these real conversations with other moms about their experience. And I think naturally we might gravitate to a little bit more time on our phones, a little bit more time engaging on social media because we're not having those outings or those things with friends. And so we're even more enmeshed in watching what's happening online, perhaps comparing ourselves to others. And these, we have to remember that these, these these are highlight reels. Like these are just not, this is not real life for many women. Right. But it's, you know, when it's the lens in which it's being shown to you, it can feel like it is. Right. Yeah. And and I was going to say, because I often will chat with my clients about, you know, they see like women with these really flat tummies, like, you know, people Mm -hmm. in the fitness industry or people Mm -hmm. whose like job is fitness and, you know, nutrition. And so what we're seeing is the product of like, it's the iceberg, right? So you see Mm -hmm. that they they sort of look like their pre-baby selves, but Mm -hmm. underneath all of that, I mean, they have a very 
particular lifestyle, right? Like their job is fitness. Their job is nutrition, right? So, so they're dedicated, you know, like when we go to work for eight hours to let's say do an office job or, or something, you know, their job for eight hours a day Mm -hmm. is fitness and Mm -hmm. life, you know, so comparing the two, like it is, I mean, certainly it's realistic to look like that if you dedicate all of your time toward that. Right. But it's yeah. unrealistic to believe that you're going to attain pre-baby body aesthetics. If, you know, you have multiple children at home or, you know, you have all these different demands, it's impossible to exercise that much. Yeah. Right. Or to eat that particular way. If you don't have the support mm-hmm. or structure around that or the knowledge base on how to do that. Right. So, so there's this kind I kind of, you know, try to say, Hey, there's like, there's many different things going on. And so if you compare to those people, you know, you, we don't see all the stuff that like has gone into mm-hmm. that part. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think you would, you would, uh, as a public floor physio, and I know I'm educating my patients about this, just, you know, slowing down in that postpartum window, like the idea of just going and exercising and trying to, you know, match that, that fitness person, uh, is not healthy. It's not healthy for your body. Like there's, there's rest and recovery that needs to happen for your pelvic floor. So that we don't present with issues, which line up in your office all the time. I'm sure. Absolutely. Right. I have women coming in exercising. They start, you know, it's usually that the high impact and, and the mm-hmm. like really high intensity, you know, that stuff's happening a little too soon, For a sure. little too soon, a little too quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and then they're in my office with, you know, various symptoms, right. That then we have to backtrack anyways. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm like, we got to take this out for right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Until your body has sort of built itself up to be able mm-hmm. to handle and tolerate, um, you know, those activities. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I wanted to ask, you know, we're talking about thriving. So, you know, what does what does like a thriving, healthy postpartum like what would that look like? Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously it's going to be different. We just talked about this, you know, your body is completely different sort of post baby as it is pre baby. Um, I think it is, you know, have a, certainly your energy levels are going to be less than they were. You're now, you know, having interrupted sleep, you have a baby, but I think there's a difference between being able to maintain your, you know, your activities of daily living and, you know, being able to navigate that new mom journey without that total utter like depletion. Uh, and I think part of our ability to do that comes with support. So whether it's support from your healthcare team to make sure you're getting blood work done or seeing somebody like yourself or like public floor physio, using your village, asking for resources like this, you know, this idea of like, we can't do it all alone. Mm. Um, so I think we need, I think we need a lot of support to make sure we are sort of thriving in that time frame. Yeah. And I think, you know, balanced moods is a big one too. Yes you know, and just, you know, having balanced moods throughout this time. Uh, it's very normal for women to experience, you know, uh, their moods dipping or um, anxiety being heightened during this time. I see a lot of that in practice. Um, and so just, you know, having somewhat balanced moods and that can come a lot from, from support that can come a lot from um, depletions that can come from our food choices, right? There's some things that we could be doing that can make an impact on how our moods are presenting themselves. Absolutely. Um, so 
we're talking about, you know, it takes a village, right? We, like mm-hmm. we hear this, but like, I don't know that we embody, mm-hmm. you know, this because I think, you know, in our modern day, we've just become sort of silos, right? Um, mm-hmm. Where we're sort of navigating things, you know, not the same way we would have in smaller group bands, right? So the challenge right now is like, how, how do we navigate mm-hmm. a village, mm-hmm. you know, pregnancy and postpartum during a pandemic like mm-hmm. how do we you know how do yeah. we do that yeah it's funny I've been having these conversations with with patients and I think um as a first-time mom for moms who don't know what postpartum looks like you barely even know in a regular world what to ask for because you've never been through this so you're like I don't know where I'm going to need support I think I got this I think everything's going to be fine um so I've been having conversations with with some of my new moms about like you know here are some of the things you're going to want to help with like let's use your village you know I always say you know if you can set yourself up so that you are your sole focus is you and baby and you use everyone else around you to make sure that you are having that support so that that can be your your one and only sort of energy demand um that's you know, that's best case scenario. So it's using your village for, you know, I say people, especially in the pandemic, I know myself, when I was navigating my recent postpartum journey, everybody wants to do something, but nobody knows, knows what to do. So, you know, I was asking for people to like, you know, do you mind bringing a meal? Can you just drop a meal off at my front step and just bring me some food would be amazing. Uh, I had, you know, sometimes was dropping my laundry off and my mom would pick it up and bring it back. Uh, so having people like outsourcing the things that, uh, are draining. Nobody loves to do, but everybody wants to help. So I think those are, those have been some key points I've been talking to patients about. I think it's really big right now, right? People, you know, families want to help grandparents want to help, but they just, you know, with the limitations of the pandemic, um, there's this extra layer and it's just kind of giving them some guidance around how, what this can look like. So I think food is a big one. Laundry is another one. Sometimes it's taking the older children, you know, and just saying, can you just like take them to a park, you know, just um, get them in my hair for a couple of hours. Cause I think for some moms now with where we are with the school closures, it's not only are you trying to navigate having a new baby at home, you might have a toddler at home or a school age child who's not supposed to be there. Um, and so it's it, this, all the, these extra pressures, right. For, for moms to try to navigate and, you know, the, the household stuff sometimes just doesn't get done. And that's, that's where I think outsourcing or, um, you know, using your community and certainly there are services that can do this. So we can, we can outsource laundry and we can get meals delivered to our house, but you probably have friends and family who want to do stuff for you that are very willing and, and happy to do. They just don't know what you need. Yeah. This is where finding the voice, advocating, asking for help, you know, can be so important. Well, I think part of this is just like, we have to now think creatively, Mm -hmm. right? We have Mm -hmm. to think creatively. And like, I would never, you know, it's like, it's so funny because I'm like, I would have never thought to be like, can just put my laundry outside the door (laughs) and like mom comes and picks it up and like brings Mm -hmm. it back folded. Like I would have never, it just, it wouldn't have even occurred to me that like, oh, well, we can't have contact, but like I can leave stuff on right. my front door, yeah. <laughs> right? right? And similar, like going for groceries. Yeah, run the errands, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like things that you might need to pick up, Um, you know, you have to order something online and the, you know, even, I don't know, the idea of having to like get in my car and like drive to go pick up. Because as a new mom, 
it's like it's like a it's like a an exercise to like get everything <laughs> together to put the kid in totally. the car right yeah. so you know even just doing like pickups for totally. um you know clothes or Rapers, whatever it whatever. is right yeah. Yeah, yeah okay amazing um I want to talk about food here for a minute mm-hmm. um because I know you, you have, you, you mentioned a couple of cool, you know, you have mentioned a couple of uh, tips centered around food and cooking, but I want to just talk about sort of like convenience food versus <laughs> like processed food. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is a, t- this is, this is where I had this conversation with, with women. So if we want to have energy postpartum, if we want to be having thriving health, we do really need to nourish our bodies fairly well right? We need to have a lot of fruits and vegetables. We need to have a lot of colors. Naturally, we gravitate towards carbohydrates, right? We gravitate for the quick fix, the sugar, the bagel, the muffin, what's going to give me this quick burst of energy. But the challenge is it leaves us depleted fairly quickly thereafter, right? And so if we can introduce more fruits, vegetables, you know, beans, nuts, seeds, these healthy whole foods, then we can have more sustainable energy. But that feels daunting, for a lot of people, right? Like it all requires chopping and cooking and prepping. And so I love to have this conversation around the difference between a processed food and a convenience food. And so for me, a convenience food is a food where I pick it up, I read the ingredients and I know what all of them are. So for example, I pick up a jar of hummus and I go, okay, chickpeas, olive oil, you know, lemon juice, salt, garlic, great. I could go in the grocery store and buy all of those things separately and come home and make it, but I probably don't have time for that, especially postpartum, right? But for, so for me, that's a convenience food versus a processed food. I pick it up and I go, I read the ingredients and I'm like, I don't really actually know what this one is or this one, or there's like a food dye and a coloring or a, you know, or there's some chemical. I'm not really totally sure what that is. Like for me, that's a processed food versus a convenience food. And I say, this is a time to really rely on those convenience foods. You know, you're not going to go make tomato sauce from scratch, go buy the stuff, you know, salsa, um, even, even prepared meals, right? you can find some prepared meals that might be in the freezer section that, you know, you're like, okay, I know what all these are. Great. Okay. I'm just going to rely on this because it's convenient right now. Right. So and basically process, it's not bad for you. Sorry. Read the label. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, to make sure that you can like it, you know, cause we sort of, I mean, the natural thought is like, if it's in the frozen section and it's like pre-prepared, then it must be like processed. Right. Um, but you're saying there's healthy options available. Mm-hmm. There can be healthier options for sure. Definitely. Right. And this, you know, if there's a time to rely on it. It's, it's in this time, right. You know, where energy might be lacking or, you know, we just we're, our focus is on our other children or the baby. It's like, you don't, who has time to, you know, prepare all of these things, right? So, um, you know, relying on some convenience options can be quite helpful. I just had a thought. <laughs> you, you send mom to the grocery store. She picks up the food, brings it home, chops all of it mm-hmm. so that it's already like quote, you know, sort of prepared, ready for cooking. And then it's yes. easy to like yes. toss the vegetables in and make a stir fry mm-hmm. um, yeah. without having to, you know, yeah. get the food, cut the food. Yeah. Know. Even better that sometimes I have patients um, do all of that, or they can ask their, their moms or family members to do that, put everything in a Tupperware that's ready for a crock pot. 
So you're literally there just like dumping it in the crock pot on away we go. Yeah. Uh, a lot so of grocery ways. stores offer this, even the produce section, you know, pre-chopped, yeah. you know, stir fry mixes or pre-chopped fruits, pre-chopped vegetables. And this is the time that I say, you know, it's, it's probably worth the little extra money to get fruit that's pre-chopped for you because you're more likely to eat it than to buy, you know, the cantaloupe or the melon and like, like kind of stare at it and think, Oh, I don't feel like doing that. And it's just going to go to waste. Right. But yeah. if it's done and it's chopped and it's ready for you, your odds of eating it are, are far greater. So, you know, maybe there's a time to lean again on some of these convenient options um, that can help you to nourish your body quite well. Very good. Very good. <laughs> um, are there any other things that you can think of for outsourcing? The laundry was a biggie. Uh, if you have the option and it's available, like childcare for your older children, <laughs> uh, in terms of like daycare or play schools or anything like that, I think, you know, I've talked to a lot of moms about like definitely in the first like six to eight weeks postpartum, if you can make sure that you have an action plan for your older children so that you can really have that time to rest. And there's, there's, you know, so much physical recovery that needs to happen in that time frame. So if you, you know, have an older one to run around, or if you have a spouse who can be home and helpful, but sometimes I even say, you know, if you can get them out of the house just for a few hours every day, a, um, if they're like my, my, my older one, um, they'll come home tired and their cup is full and they've done all these wonderful things and they're excited, uh, versus, you know, I, I know if she was home with me, there would be more screen time that I wouldn't feel great about, but that's just the reality. Yeah. Um, so I think if you can, if you can, you know, use your village and, and maybe outsource some childcare, I think that that is hugely beneficial. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to loop back to sort of, you know, proper, proper assessment, um, because you mentioned some basic lab tests. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm wondering, you know, because you mentioned like some thyroid tests and some like nutrient tests. Can we just go over sort of more specifically some of your like top, like lab work tests that need to be taken, taken a look at? For sure. So uh, first thing I always like to have done is just a complete blood count. So a CBC. So that looks at red blood cells, white blood cells, and it will screen for anemia. So it will screen if somebody has sort of like advanced iron deficiency. So that's an easy one. You know, it's a very inexpensive test to run. Um, so that's, that's a really important one. Um, layering that with a ferritin, which is your iron stores. So as Nicole was mentioning, a lot of women are iron deficient in their pregnancy. And then, you know, if there's blood loss postpartum, um, they're, you know, we're not screening for that. So that's an easy, two easy ones that we can look at. One thing I'll just add about iron and, and I'll say this about a lot of the ones that I think Natalie's going to touch on is that there's reference ranges right. of what's considered normal, but then there's also like optimal and ideal values of where we want to be. Yes. So while the reference range, uh, I think currently is like five to 200 and something, really, we want to see a woman above 50. That's for ferritin here. For their ferritin, so for their iron store. So if they are under 50, we start to see signs and symptoms, and that could be reflected in their moods, that could be reflected in their energy. So it's one thing to get the test done, but it's quite another to make sure that you're in these optimal ranges. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, those two, I would lay, I always like to layer on a B12. So vitamin B12, which is um, really important in terms of energy, in terms of moods. So we do see if people's B12 levels uh, are lower that they can experience a little bit more mood related concerns. So certainly postpartum, we're always screening for postpartum anxiety or postpartum depression. So this is an easy one, vitamin D. And then I always advocate for a full thyroid panel. So a lot of times people will just do a TSH which is thyroid stimulating hormone, which I always say just gives us like a teeny little snapshot of what's going on with your thyroid. We want to pair that with a T4, a T3, ideally a reverse T3, and then some thyroid antibodies as well. So we're getting sort of like five thyroid tests and not just sort of one thyroid test. So the TSH is just sort of that snapshot. And this is a really common time for the thyroid to go out of balance. Thyroid is um, very taxing or pregnancy is very taxing on the thyroid. So if anybody's walking into a pregnancy with thyroid concerns during their pregnancy, we'll increase their thyroid medication as soon as they find out they're pregnant, because we know the demands placed on the thyroid during a pregnancy. So this is something we always want to screen for. And all of these things that we're chatting about, if they are out of balance, you're going to feel fatigued. You can have mood related concerns. You could have hair loss. So all these things that we just sort of like normalize postpartum can really be like, you know, we can, we can find reasons for them in your blood work and then we can support you. Yeah. Hair loss is a thing. It's a real thing. Yeah. Uh, right. And it was like, yeah. wow, like I got some hair falling out. Yeah. Like, but you know, again, it's like, well, I have a little bit like, but you know, it's not, you know, aesthetically like looking mm-hmm. like I have hair loss. Right. And then it's always a question of like, you know, where's the line? Where is it like, right. like is hair loss at all a normal thing? Like, it do is. you have some? Yes. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Yes. So like okay. all your, all your, um, uh, your hair follicles will, will, um, stop shedding. So you stop shedding in pregnancy and that's totally normal. So then after pregnancy, your body's sort of like keeping up, catching up to what wasn't lost throughout that pregnancy. So that's totally normal. It's when it becomes excessive. Yeah. So when yeah. we're like, Oh my God, my ponytail's smaller. Like I'm starting to notice thinning in my part. Like when we start to see it get a little bit more extreme. And I always say, you know, if we run that blood work and we run these things ahead of time, we can maintain that also from a hair loss perspective. Um, making sure that nutrients so that your diet is really healthy and then protein. I'm always advocating that women make sure that they get enough protein. Um, Cause that's really important. And if we're tired, sometimes we're leaning a little bit more towards the carbohydrates. Mm. So we want to make sure that we, we aren't missing that important macronutrient, which is really important for hair growth. Okay. I have a question related yeah. to iron. Yeah. Uh, it's not in our question list, but it, okay. it, it's, it's something that's been coming up for me recently. Yeah. And of course, this is not my uh, area of focus, but Mm -hmm. um, iron supplements and Mm -hmm. constipation, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. pregnancy and postpartum, what, you you know, because like from a pelvic floor perspective, it's not a good thing, right? Um, Yeah, yeah, you don't want any straining, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) No straining. Um, So the challenge, I guess, for me is, you know, like, this is where I get curious for myself is like, what do we, you know, from like, I have things I do for constipation and like easing the strain on the pelvic floor, et cetera, et cetera. But from like a naturopathic perspective, you know, what can be like, is it changing a brand? Is it that you need to do something extra? Like, what's the deal with that? I think the first thing to recognize is that there are multiple forms of iron like many other nutrients and many other vitamins, they come in multiple different forms. And some of them are far more taxing on the bowels than others. 
So it starts with making sure that we are on one that is going to be more gentle on the bowels as opposed to those that are more challenging. So it really starts with that. Um, and then doing all the other stuff. Um, and, and, you know, if we're taking the more gentle one, I don't usually see constipation as a, as a big concern, to be perfectly honest. Um, but if, if we are, then it's also making sure that, you know, are we getting enough water? I mean, hydration postpartum is so important, um, especially if women are breastfeeding. Our water demands are huge. And so a reason why a woman might be constipated, you know, postpartum can have nothing to do with their iron, but rather have a lot to do with their lack of, of water intake, right? Or fiber, you know? So if we are leaning more towards those simple carbohydrates, the bagels, the muffins, the quick fixes, we're not going to get a lot of fiber, which will also impact our bowel movements, right? So leaning more towards the fruits, the vegetables, the nuts, the beans, you know, the sort of whole foods can make a big difference as well. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you know, I sort of, you know, I do the like water talk, the, the fiber talk, the, you know, food sort of general, you know, taking a look at that piece, but what I wasn't sure of was on the supplement side, like, yeah. are there other forms? Cause like you know, even when I've had to take iron, like I don't always, it doesn't always sit well with me. Yeah. Right. Um, so I always wondered like, are there different forms of mm-hmm. iron or different ways of taking in iron yeah. that are less taxing on the body? Yeah. And sometimes it's a form, sometimes it's spacing out the dosing. So instead of taking like a whole bunch, you know, at breakfast, maybe we split up that dose between breakfast and dinner right? Uh, as well okay. can be helpful. So sometimes it's a dosing strategy, but often it's starting with the type. Gotcha. Okay. That was just like a sidebar. Yeah. A lot of times women, like we'll see women in my office, like, Oh, I know, I know I'm iron deficient, but I can't take it because I get constipated. And it's like, no, no, no. Okay. We're just going to put you on a better form because you need it for your energy and your moods and all these things. Um, but it's, it's just getting that better form. That's easier on the bowels. Gotcha. Okay. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I want to talk now about wild mamas. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us, tell us a little yeah. bit more about that. Yeah. So this is a um, program, a community-based program that um, we are running in our practice. It is for new moms. It is for moms um, who have babies under the year age of one. And it's a virtual like mommy group. And what is a little bit different about this one is this one. And so there's so many mommy groups out there and a lot of the mommy groups are focused on the baby. So we bring in speakers about the baby. This one is really focused on the mom. So it's a six week program. We meet once a week and we have like real authentic, genuine conversations about motherhood and about that transition into motherhood. So it's a beautiful program um, that brings community, brings learning, brings support. Yeah. All of which we feel is really lacking right now. Yes, especially now. Yes. Like when we, um, this program obviously was originally run in person. And then since the pandemic, it's been um, performed virtually, uh, which has been really great. I feel like, you know, postpartum generally is a lonely time for a lot of women. Uh, And then we layer on a a global pandemic and it's, it's extremely isolating. So it's an opportunity for moms to connect with other moms who know what they're going through um, and just meet, meet once a week and, and create those connections that I think all moms need. We all need to know that, you know, we're not alone in this journey and we're not alone in what we're experiencing and what our baby's experiencing. And but also yeah. they can draw on some great reasons. Like women are a huge source of um, information, right? Yeah. Like they may know about resources in the community that another mom might not know about. And just having this space to have these conversations can really help 
um, women to, you know, get other resources that they may not have thought about or um, learn about new things in their community that could be really helpful. Absolutely. That's, that's the power of like, I call the mastermind, right? You get all these (laughs) minds, all all these minds together. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I think it's important to have a place where you can safely just talk, right? Like just get it out of the loop Mm -hmm. in your mind, right? Mm -hmm. Just to be like, okay, here's what's happening. And then hearing somebody say, oh, I'm going through that or, oh, I went through that. Mm takes that stress response and brings it back down where you're like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm a normal person, right? Because so many things feel at, you know, unnormal, like because Mm. of the newness of it. Right. So Mm. everything's uncertain and there's a lot of unknown, but to like, you know, have somebody say I've been through that, or I'm experiencing that sort of goes, okay, like I'm not weird or I'm not something, right. Whatever label we are, Mm -hmm. our lovely inner Mm -hmm. mean girl likes to, likes to say, right. Totally. Yeah. I think it normal. I think when we talk about any, in any time of our life, if we share our stories and we talk about our stories, we hopefully will normalize that experience for someone else. I think there's so much power in sharing and sharing our words and being vulnerable and being authentic. And I think there's, there's so much beauty in that, in that space when we allow ourselves to go there. Thinking Brianne Brown. Yeah, Brian yeah, Brown, yeah, you know, the Brene power Brown. of, yeah, Brene Brown, um, yeah, 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 power of uh, vulnerability, right? Yes, and it, totally. it, it does have the power to, you know, set you free, right? Yeah. Um, so where, where can people find out more information about Wild Mamas? Where can people find you? Where can they follow you? Like, where are you ladies at? Yeah, we are pretty active on our social media, on our Instagram. So you can find us at Dr. Nick and Nat on our Instagram. In our uh, link in bio, there's a download as well, where we talk, we have a download for our guide to postpartum blood work. So people can go there and download it. And it is a summary of all the blood work we just spoke about. So people can go and access that. Uh, And then our clinic website has a ton of info about, about us and about our, our clinic, which is um, www.dnhc.ca. Beautiful. And just in case people are like, I didn't get that. Or what was that again? All the links will be included in the um, description of the um, episode. So when you're, wherever you're getting your episode, if you look through the description, all the, all the links will be posted in there to make it easy for you guys to find um, the links. So I want to thank you ladies for coming on and sharing your experience and and wisdom. I I found this very educational and helpful. And I I certainly hope my my viewers did too. So thank you for taking time to share with us. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. And of course, we always thank our listeners who join us every single week. And if you aren't joining us every single week and would like to, it's super easy. Just subscribe to the podcast. And basically every week, a new episode will pop up, different guests, different speakers. And if you know any moms who are about to become moms or are already moms, consider sharing out this episode because you never know, right? Like you, you could be helping somebody simply by sharing this episode and providing a new resource for somebody who may need to hear it. So on that note, we will connect with everybody on the next episode and bye for now. 
Hey guys, thanks for hanging out. So as I mentioned at the beginning, we have recently released a free mini training called How to Work with Labor Pain to Have a Positive Birth Experience. And in this mini training, I take you through what pain is, how labor pain is different than like an acute ankle sprain type of pain. I talk about the three different ways that you can work with pain. And then at the end, I actually teach three different ways that you can work with labor pain to have a more positive birth experience. If you would like to access this free mini training, you can go to courses.ecophysio.com forward slash mini training, or you can look in the description of today's podcast episode At the end of the description, a link will be there for you to get the free mini training. Hope to connect with you there. Thank you for listening to Living a Better Life podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our show to stay up to date with our latest and greatest episodes. We would also love to hear your comments, suggestions, and reviews. Thanks again. Until the next episode. Bye for now.